Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here. Let's uh, see a show of hands. How many of you guys stayed up to watch the Bucks last night? Everybody say, woohoo, go Bucks. <laughs> woohoo! You're saying that's why we're at the 1045 service. We all slept in. I, I love it. Actually, guys, if you are out there in the, uh, the cafe, just to let you know, you probably have time to grab the extension service as it's just about to start. Just FYI, if you wanted to make sure to catch that. And uh, we are in a series right now called You Plus Hope. Uh, my name's Ryan. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. I'm excited to be with you here. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and uh, I'm excited that it's Christmas. All kinds of things are happening that are fun this Christmas season. Our sports teams are rocking, and gas prices are down, and we're all fired up about all of that, right? I love it. I think what happens at Christmas is some of the best of our hopes tend to surface around this time, right? The best of our hopes for humanity, for our families, for ourselves. We kind of see the best parts of what we all hope happens around Christmas. We see kindness and compassion, and we're filled with more joy and more hope and more wonder. We said, man, if it could just be like that all the time, it would be amazing. And we said, we kind of see the culture, right? Our cultural presentation of Christmas point to all of those hopes, right? So we run back through the movies, and we have the parties and the celebrations and, and put the lights up and the decorations and all the gifts and all the Santa and all the stuff. We have the holiday of Christmas, and it's all fun. It's fantastic. And what's amazing and powerful is when we connect kind of the holiday and our culture's presentation of Christmas, and we trace that back to the original Christmas event, right? When the Christmas holiday and the Christmas event, the birth of Jesus, our Savior, when those things align, then Christmas can be powerful, it can bring us back to really, really the foundation of our hope. I think that can fire up some stuff in us again that can change us and move us and can actually help us find what we're really looking for in ourselves and our families and in humanity. So we said in this series, that's what we really want to look for and dig into. We want to talk about hope and we want to see that hope fired up in us and then we want to spread that to the people around us. We want to look at the people in our natural path of life, kind of the you around us. We want to look at the hope that we would lock into in Christmas, put those things together. You plus hope equals Christmas. And what we want to do today is we want to talk about kind of the hope journey. And uh, we're going to look at the the story of the shepherd. Some of you guys might be familiar with them. Some of you may not. I brought my little shepherd in. uh, This is from the nativity set. You know, I've got four kids and so we walk through the nativity set together and kind of explain the Christmas story, right? So you look at um, Mary and Joseph. Last service, I called them Mary and Moses. Like, wrong millennia, buddy. You're not even close, right? Mary and Joseph and the baby, right? And you look at all the little porcelain figurines that represent this amazing story that's all the way back here at the Christmas event. You know, and we capture kind of the the major things that are happening. And as I was looking at the shepherd and I'm looking at Mary and Joseph and Jesus, the version of the nativity set that I have, my baby Jesus is, and that baby's gotta be eight months old. He's huge, right? He's got a halo, the whole thing. And there's kind of this porcelain representation of something that happened a couple thousand years ago. And we've become, these have become kind of myths and legends of the Christmas story, the Christmas narrative but I'm thinking, looking at the shepherd, I'm like, but these were real people. You know, the shepherds, they're real guys. They, they showed up for work one day, and their minds were blown, 
and hope invaded their lives, and it took them on this journey that I think we can all relate to. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look back through the story of the shepherds, and I think with some fresh lenses, see their journey and see ourselves in it. And we're just like these guys. They're just normal folks. If, if we're like anybody, we're like the shepherds in that they're just kind of everyday guys showing up to work the night shift when hope invades their lives. So that's what we're going to do is dig into that story, see if we can see ourselves in it, and see if we can take this hope journey kind of right next to the shepherds. So let's dig into the story. Go ahead and grab your Bible if you have one. It's Luke chapter 2. Uh, if you have your Bible with you, turn there. If you don't have a Bible with you, we would love to have you take one with you. So grab one from underneath the chairs there, and you can actually take that home with you. Love to have you have a, a personal copy of the Bible. It's page 716 in those Bibles, and of course you can catch up on, uh, online on your uh, phones or iPads via version. And we are in Luke chapter 2, and Luke is capturing the story for us. Uh, Jesus has just been born, and that's when we catch up to the story here of the shepherds in chapter 2, verse 8. Let me read through the whole story, and then we'll come back and kind of break it down and see the journey that they took. Starting in verse 8, here's what it says. Luke tells us, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared to them the angel, uh, with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the major, and when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told." So we see kind of the, the big story that's playing out here with the shepherds. And here, let's kind of go back and unpack it. The shepherds, this is what's happening for them. They're normal guys, right? They're normal guys, and they're, they're showing up to a normal day at work, really a night at work, right? They're working the night shift. They're shepherds. They're watching over their flocks at night. And I think all they're really focused on is making sure that no animals come in and attack their flocks. Probably most days in the life of a shepherd when they're watching over their flocks are fairly boring, They're showing up, holding down the fort, making sure there's no emergencies. Maybe every once in a while I got to fend off a a wolf or something crazy like that. But for the most part, they're showing up and it's a normal day in the normal life of a shepherd, kind of going through the motions. And then something amazing happens, blows their mind. Here's what it says in verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. This is this glory, the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were terrified by it. Can you imagine? You show up to work, and all of a sudden, 
bam, divine being out of nowhere appears. I love it. Every time an angel shows up, everybody's terrified by that. That makes sense to me, right? If an angel just showed up right now, right in front of us, we'd be like, oh, I wet myself, right? It's over. I'm allowed to say that in church, aren't I? right? right? I, I don't know what I would do. I would be completely freaked out. Right? If this divine being popped out of nowhere and there's like light and glory and stuff happening all over the place, these guys are freaking out. They have no idea what's happening. I, I love the irony of this as Luke tells us the story. Right? These are normal guys just doing the normal thing. An angel comes out of nowhere. What they don't realize is they show up to work and this angel appears as they're right down the street from them. As they show up kind of in the grind of life, the most profound event in human history has just taken place. Right down the street from them, the Son of God has been born. God put skin on, became a baby, and the the very person who would save them from their own sin and from hell and from death ultimately would be born. And they had no idea about it. This angel pops up out of nowhere, blows their minds, they're terrified, And then this angel gives this announcement. He says, don't be afraid. There's this good news. A savior's gonna be born. Look for this sign. Go find this baby in a manger in Bethlehem somewhere. It's a small place. They probably didn't have far to search. Their minds are completely blown, I think, at this place. Not only is there one angel, there's a, a myriad of angels, a ton of angels show up and they're all chanting. Can you imagine an army of divine beings pops up out of nowhere? You're like, really? This thing goes further, this is crazy. And they're all saying glory to God in the highest on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. It says when the angels had left, in my mind, they just kind of vanish all at once. And what we're left with is just these shepherds that are hanging out together. They probably are together all the time, probably know each other pretty well. And I'm sure that they looked at each other and were like, did that just happen? Like, are we on drugs? Or did that, was that real? Did divine beings just show up in front of us and announce to us the most profound, mind-blowing thing we've ever heard, right? And so their conclusion is, let's go check this thing out that we have just heard about. Here's what I think happens. In the lives of the shepherd, this message of hope is delivered to them. They weren't looking for it. They weren't expecting it. It just showed up one day in the midst of normal life. And these ordinary guys, I think, produce an ordinary response. When hope invades their life, they're left in a place of uncertainty. At first, they're terrified. At the end, they're curious. But they're certainly not yet convinced. They're left in a place where they're just uncertain. They're freaked out. They're mind blown. I think this is what happens when hope invades our lives. We're usually not looking for it. We're usually not ready for it. And this totally makes sense to me. Um, my story, if you don't know my story, I didn't grow up with a faith background at all. And, and all things faith related really foreign to me. And as a young adult, I was in college and my buddy and I were on this long road trip. And at this point, I had kind of come to a place where I would say I was uh, basically hopeless. I wasn't suicidal. You know, I wasn't ready to take my life. But I was hopeless. I didn't know what to live for anymore. I was explaining this just recently to a group of my friends. And I was saying, that this is kind of the best way for me to describe it. Because if you grew up in church, and you've kind of always known about Jesus. And you always know that there's like this anchor to lock into for real hope. 
You've always known that. It's kind of hard to imagine what it would be like to not have that. And I said, this is kind of how, it, how I can make sense of it. It's almost like if you imagine not having gravity, and you're just floating through life, and over and over again, you kind of cling to things that are floating around you, hoping that this thing might bring you stability and anchor you into reality and lead you somewhere. That's kind of what my process was like. I feel like I'm, I was floating around trying to find something that's real and that's stable, man, something I could give myself to, someone who would love me and I could follow. I was looking for a savior. I wouldn't have said that at the time. I wouldn't have realized it, but that was my process. And over and over, I would grab hold of something only to find that it was as unstable and as unreliable and undependable as I was. So at this point, I tried a bunch of different things. I tried to give myself to academics and athletics and making money and romantic relationships, all the while trying to find the stability and get something out of these pursuits, man, that is so deep, and I'm looking for it. And I'm sitting there. I'm in my buddy's parents' Ford Explorer, first year of college. We make this huge road trip. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to my friend, like explaining to him my problem, you know, feeling like I'm... I'm kind of lost in life. And my buddy, all of a sudden, he brings me this message of hope. Starts to tell me about Jesus. I'm sitting there. I don't know why. I'm with my friend. We trust each other. We know each other. But all of a sudden, man, my heart starts pounding. I think a couple things are happening in my, in my mind, in my heart. One is, as I listen to this guy tell me about Jesus, I'm thinking, that might be real. Like, that might be the real deal. And I started to think, if, if what this guy's saying is true, that's going to lead me somewhere. And I don't know where this thing's going to lead me. I don't, it's kind of into the unknown. I actually said to him, I'm like, dude, I'm, if I believe that, I'm going to end up being like a, a Jesus freak. I'll probably end up being like a pastor or something. I actually said that. And, and right, that's playing out in my mind. I'm like, if I lock into that, is it going to take me somewhere down there? Right, it freaked me out. I had another emotion playing out all while sitting here in this Ford Explorer where I'm going, is this just another thing that I'm going to grab and be disappointed by? I'm a little gun shy, you know, because I've given my heart to things only to find that it's not going to give me what I'm really longing for, the hope that I really desire. And I don't know if I can make it through another one of these disappointments. And all that's firing inside me. My buddy's telling me about Jesus. The adrenaline is kicking. He, he probably sees my discomfort with it. I'm in a place of uncertainty. I just don't know what to do with all this. My mind's blown by it. Guys, I just want to recognize some of you might be here today. You know, maybe a buddy drug you to church. And you're like, that's kind of how I felt just a minute ago when I was walking in the door for the first time. You know? Or maybe some of you have been sitting here at Grace for a while and you're comfortable here, here in the services, but when somebody starts talking about Jesus and moving forward in a relationship with Jesus, man, the heart starts pounding. The blood is racing through your head and you're going, I, I don't know what to do with all this. It's terrifying, but I'm curious. I'm uncertain. Where does all of this lead? What's beautiful is this is just the beginning of the hope journey. And I, I love the humanity of the shepherds, that they're terrified. They don't know what to do with this at first, that they're curious. They're not, when hope shows up in their lives, they don't 
instantly even just accept it. You have to process it a little bit. And I think that's the way that all of us are. It moves from here. Look in verse 16 at what happens. Luke chapter 2, 16. Luke tells us this. He says, so they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Something happens to these shepherds. And it moves them from a place of uncertainty to a place where we could say they're convinced. They're convinced. No longer are they on the fence or they're terrified or they're just curious. They're moved to a place where they are convinced of the message that they've heard. It's blown them away. They've locked into it. They've believed. What they do is, I imagine, we don't know all of the details. Luke doesn't tell us all of this, but they have to go from hearing this message from the angels to now they have to go hunt down Jesus. And I was in Bethlehem a handful of years ago, and we looked at the site of where Jesus may have been born. Right, It's 2,000 years old now, so the land is actually higher, and you look down into this cave-looking thing. It's probably about double the size of this stage. And there was a little compartment for where the animals would have been. And a little compartment for like where the people would sleep. And this other little spot over here where Jesus, the Son of God, may have been born. And I can only imagine what the shepherds were thinking on their way to find Jesus. They would have been having to think this thing through because at the time, whenever an emperor was born, They would have been born and brought into the world in grandeur, in celebration, in notoriety. It would have been public and loud and clean and wonderful. And what these angels came in and they told the shepherds about was the complete opposite of that. The Son of God would have been born almost in secret, in obscurity, in relative filth, in the midst of animals, in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph, could this thing be real? But something happened to them on the way to seeing that child that when they personally interacted with the baby, with Jesus, they were convinced. They were moved. They were changed by that experience and they were never the same. Guys, this makes sense. This makes sense to me. I'm in that Ford Explorer, heart's pounding, right? Blood is racing. I'm processing through what my buddy just told me about Jesus. And I had the sense that what this guy's telling me, man, it's true. Doesn't make sense to me that it's true, but I kind of know. And I know I need to do something about it. So I asked my friend, man, how do I become a Christian? Like, what do I need to do now? He, he said, I, you know, I don't know, just talk to Jesus about it. So for the first time in my life, I'm sitting in that Explorer, freaked out of my mind, and I close my eyes and I pray for the first time. And I remember saying, Jesus, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. But I believe you. I believe that you are real and I am in. And I am sick of the way that I've been living. I want you to have my life. I am in. 
Guys, let me tell you, I'd never read the Bible. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have a concept of what it meant to accept the gospel fully. All I knew is that I was interacting with Jesus when I stopped and I prayed and I gave my life to him. I was convinced. Changed me. How does that all work? The link that ties it all together for us in this hope journey is the same person that those shepherds were interacting with when they came and found a little baby. That is the same person who would grow up to be a man, and that man would die on a cross, and that man would be buried and raised from the dead and ascend to heaven and become the king of heaven. And that king of heaven is the same person that I interacted with 2,000 years later. My interaction with him was as real as it was for the shepherds. Why? Because he's alive. There's no past tense Jesus. Jesus is alive and well as much as he was as a baby he is today. He just lives in a different place. Guys, and what changed the shepherds, what convinced them, what changed me, what convinced me wasn't becoming a good person. It wasn't grabbing some Christmas spirit and like, let's make this thing work. It wasn't even coming to church more. Nothing changes us like a personal interaction with Jesus. So what happened to the shepherds, it's what happened to me, man. I think it's what can happen to all of us. It's how this thing works. So I'm looking for hope today. I'm glad you're at church. I'm, I'm fired up about that. The main reason I'm fired up about that is because you can hear that you can interact with Jesus, and that's what changes us. Not being a good person, not trying harder. Direct interaction with the person of Jesus. It's fascinating. It moves on from there. Pick it up in 17. Luke 2. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, right? They were different. They were glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I start in a place of uncertainty. My mind is blown by hope. I lock into a place of conviction and I'm convinced that this thing is true. It doesn't end there. We are moved to a place where our hope and our faith becomes contagious. It becomes contagious. See, what happened with these shepherds, they didn't know anything. I'll tell you what, they only knew the message that those angels gave. When, when they looked at that baby, they didn't understand all of the realities that Jesus would go and pay for their sins and how it all worked. I promise you, they didn't know all that. What they knew is that hope came into their lives and it was confirmed and it's real, they're convinced, and then they went and they told everybody. They couldn't help it. They became contagious. No one told them to do that. They just couldn't help themselves. They were fired up about it. Some of you guys uh, may not know this about me, but I heat my house with wood. I know that's weird. I do. I love wood. I, I love to chop wood and cut wood. I love to use a chainsaw. 
When we drive by a fallen tree, when we're driving through the city, I say to my wife, look at that fine piece of wood. I would like to cut that up and burn that in our home, dear. And she says, you have issues, right? And when people come to my house, you know, and they sit in my living room, and they look at my wood stove, I really hope they ask me, hey, what's that you got there? <laughs> Do you know why I get excited for them to ask me that? That's my chance. That's my chance to tell them all about the wood stove. And then, no matter what time of year, I want to take them outside. You know why? I want to show them my wood pile. And then I want to show my chainsaw and my splitting mall and all the things that have to do with me burning wood because I just like it so much. First couple times this happened, uh, my wife, she's so awesome. She pulled me aside. She says, honey, uh, you know I love you, right? I'm like, yeah, dear, I know. She said, I, I just need to tell you this. Honey, no one wants to see your wood pile. I was like, what are you talking about? Of course they do. If I was at their house, I'd want to see their wood pile if they have one. You know, she's like, you have problems. You're hopeless. I don't know. Right? But this is how it works. I'm just excited about burner wood, so I tell people about it. I'm not worried about it. This is, this is how it works for all of us, right? You, you have this with CrossFit, right? You hear about it, and then you go try it, you love it, and then you tell everybody about it. All of your Facebook friends are now CrossFit, CrossFit converts. It's how it works. This happens all over the place with all kinds of things we get fired up about. What happened to the shepherds that day is the same thing that can happen to us. We get fired up about our faith, we get convinced about it, and we can't help but tell other people. After I left that Ford Explorer, man, I was different. I was a different guy. I didn't even know what the word evangelism meant. I'd never read the Bible. But you know what happened to me? No one told me to share my faith or talk about Jesus. I just couldn't help myself. Right? I went and told all my friends and all my family. It just kind of came out of me because I was so fired up by what had happened. I was convinced. I looked around and I said, man, if this helped me, it can help you. If this Jesus is real and he loves me, he can love you. And it becomes contagious. I love it. Guys, that's where the good stuff is. That's where the hope is and the joy is. When the shepherds, listen to what it says in verse 20. When the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. See, when I live here, this is where the fun is. This is when I'm fired up about my faith. And the hope and the wonder, it just comes out of me. That's when following Jesus is really inspiring. And it's what we're all looking for in Christmas. Here's what I've seen in myself. And maybe you can relate to it. If you're clearly here and you'd say, you know what, I'm convinced. Oh, yeah, I'm convinced. Right? I'm positive. I have a relationship with Jesus. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Oh, yeah, I believe that. Do you believe Jesus was born as that baby? Oh, I believe that. Do you believe in heaven and hell and all the things? That I'm convinced. I'm in. Yep, I'm with you. And maybe even we can go back and look at a place in time in our lives when we came to a point when we were contagious. Here's what I've seen in myself is 
there's a temptation to go back in the journey and to simply just live here. Just where I'm in a place where I'm convinced. I believe it. But if you said, well, what are you contagious about? What's the passion of your heart? What's the thing that you can't stop talking about? What just comes out of you? That may or may not be the same thing that you're convinced of. What can, I, what can happen in my life, and maybe it makes sense to you, is this line at times can get broken. Guys, what God is calling us to today is he's calling us on this hope journey. That's the idea of the shepherd. It's the example that we've seen in their lives. Here's what we do with all this. I think this is where we have to start. We have to go back and look at this journey and maybe try to see ourselves in it. Because if you look and you can say, Ryan, I understand what you're talking about here. I don't know if I'm in yet. I come and sit in these seats and it makes me feel a little weird, especially when people talk about Jesus. I'm still uncertain. Let's talk about how to move forward. Because what you need to know today is the most important thing we could ever talk about. That baby, that baby Jesus, the Savior, came on this planet for a reason. And he would grow to be a man. He would live a perfect life. And ultimately, he would give that perfect life as a sacrifice. He actually offered himself willingly to, to die on a cross for my sins. As we don't know each other, many of us. Um, but if you would have known me before I followed Jesus, I promise you wouldn't like me. As arrogant, selfish, I hurt people, I used people. And sometimes I still struggle with those things. I sinned against God. Jesus, with the perfect life, came and he offered his life to pay for my imperfect life. He paid for my sins. He saved me. That's what we mean when we say a savior is born. The baby came to die to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. When we put our faith in Jesus that he is gonna pay for our sins, it changes everything. The Bible says that we have eternal life. We have an assurance of this hope. Our security is set in heaven and for the rest of our lives, man, we get to draw people into the hope that we have found. The hope that has come to find us, we long for other people to find that as well. If you're here today and you've never moved from a place of being uncertain to a place of being convinced, because nothing will change you like that one decision. If you can relate to floating through life and trying to cling to things that make sense and finding hope and purpose and meaning and, and I can't quite put it together. Guys, just take my word for it. What you're looking for is Jesus Christ. Not being a good person, not even coming to church, man. You're looking for Jesus. 
So in a few moments, I would ask you, would you make that leap? It's a little terrifying. It's a little scary. It feels a little bit like jumping off the cliff. To, I, I'm going to a place that I don't know where it's going to take me. But you'll be changed by it. You'll find what you're looking for. It's how we move from being uncertain to being convinced. If you'd say, you know, I, I know I'm squarely here. Uh, I follow Jesus. I believe the truths that you've talked about. I'm convinced. I don't know if I'm contagious. How do I move from here to here? This is what Christmas is all about. What if I told you that it is God's will for you this season to pick your hope up that maybe has been laying dormant and then fire it back up again? What if you came back to Jesus just like you came to him for salvation? You said, Jesus, I want, I want you to be my passion again. I want to become contagious. I want your message and your story and your love to come out of me without me even really having to try because I'm so fired up about what you're doing in my life. I want to be like these shepherds that, what does it say? They, they were glorifying and praising God. And there are people that are living the drama. They're living a life that is fantastic. It's an adventure. It's exciting. I get to watch God work in my life. And here's the fun part. I get to watch God work in the lives around me. Can you imagine living in a place where you know you have hope and you know Jesus and you know you're loved? And not only that, but you get to bring hope to the people around you. That's what happened to the shepherds. They showed up at work. Their minds were blown. They met Jesus. Listen, all who heard the story about their experience were amazed. And they walked away fired up, man, praising God, thanking God that they got to be a part of the mix. As I think about my friend, his name's Joe. Joe listened to his friend talk to him about being hopeless, not knowing what to give his life to. And I think about what if my friend never found the courage to be contagious that day? What if he never looked across the car and said, Ryan, man, there's Jesus. That's what, that's what you're looking for. I think, where would I be? Where would I be if hope never came into my life? I don't know if he knew fully what he was doing that day, man, but my whole life was altered by that day, by him choosing to be contagious and choosing to lock into the hope that he had. That changed my eternal destiny. Everything's different because of that. You know, I want to live there. I want to stay there. I don't want to shrink back and just be convinced. I want to be contagious because people all around us are feeling like I felt hopeless and floating and there's nothing to believe in. There's nothing to give myself to. Guys, can I come back to Christ and say, Jesus, make me like that again. I beg you. I want you to be the center point of my passion. 
the center point of my vision. I want you to be the reason I get out of bed in the morning. And when I look around me and I see people hurting and lost, I want to recognize that you are the answer for the folks that I love. And can we, can we believe that us ordinary people, just like the ordinary shepherds, that we can live there and that eternities will be altered because we got contagious again. We grabbed hold of the hope that's found in Christmas. Took the journey and we were moved by it. Guys, would you wrestle with that today? If I'm uncertain, I want to become convinced. If I'm convinced, I want to become contagious. Wherever you are on that journey, let's move towards seeing Jesus be the center point of our hope this season. As I'm going to pray for us, have the band come out, I would just encourage you, would, would you talk to Jesus? Nothing is more powerful right, than us personally coming to Jesus, talking to him from our heart to his, wherever we are. Let me pray for us. Let's make it personal today. Father, I want to say thank you that you came and you loved me at my worst, in my sin, when I did not believe in you and I did not love you. Lord, thank you that you brought hope into my life. And thank you for your mercy on me, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would change us today. That you would draw us in close, remind us of what we have in you. And Lord, light our hearts on fire with passion for you. And I beg you, don't let this Christmas move past us without, without us remembering who we are and who you are, and the hope that you bring into our lives. Lord, we love you. Jesus, thank you for being willing to come here as a baby, live as a man, die as a criminal, and then reign as a king. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.